0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of WhoPod. My name is Blair Beveridge, and thank you for once again joining us here today. We got a special one for you guys. Now, I've told you guys in the past that we would be willing to not only speak to the everyday human, but on-air talent if they were willing to do so. Well, one of them was. Today's guest is somebody you all know. She is somebody that you've all seen on Geek & Sundry's Twitch and YouTube channels, she is someone that everyone in the Geek and Sundry community loves and unfortunately misses. Our guest is Jessica Marazan. Now, Jessica is an absolutely wonderful human, and this interview was outstanding. Uh, it was, in fact, I think it's probably our longest interview to date at this point. Uh, I'm going to name this episode, The Protagonist Ate All the Pizza, and you're going to have to listen to the episode to understand what that means but uh she's an absolutely wonderful person i want to thank jessica very much for doing this but enough of me rambling let's get into the podcast who pod number 11 with our guest jessica marison hello everyone and welcome to the next who pod we got ourselves a very special guest today i'm gonna dive right into it no preamble our guest you all know her jessica marison welcome jessica
1: Hey, how's everyone doing?
0: Well, I'm doing fine. How about uh, you, Joey? How about you, Taralyn, our other two guest hosts today?
2: I'm doing my very best to get one with my chi and not fangirl all over the place right now. (laughs) How about you, Taralyn?
3: And I'm good. I'm cold just with a million hour delay, so I do apologize in advance if I interrupt anyone. But it's great to be
0: back. Yes, yes, welcome back as you enter your winter season. That's why she's cold. Um, all right, so let's dive right into it. Uh, Jessica, as most of us know, uh, did a lot of work with Geek and Sundry, but that, but she's got a longer history than that. So Jessica, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with Team Human?
1: So I was first introduced to Team Hooman from seeing Felicia's streams um, that she would do with her brother and uh, I've always been a big fan of their show, co But I didn't really become personally involved in Team Human until I started uh, joining the Geek and Sundry Twitch streams um, and becoming more integrated in the community. I joined the Facebook group. I started, you know, following the various people and becoming closer to all of the moderators on the Twitch channels. And I think that helped me from being like a Twitch lurker um, to feeling like I was actually part of a community, which was amazing. They're probably the most positive, supportive group of people I've ever met. And they make me feel really great every day.
0: I don't think uh, there's been truer words ever said. Um, I, I think we've all had a very similar experience to that. And, and that, that's part of the reason why we do this podcast, because we want to get to know each and every one of you. And, you know, a lot of us have, have seen Jessica, uh, obviously, on, on uh, YouTube and in the Twitch stream. But uh, getting to know her in this sort of intimate setting, I, I'm, really, I'm really honored to be able to do this with, with everybody.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This is awesome.
0: This is great. So you've had a pretty solid geek cred career, if you will. Uh, so why don't you give us a little bit of a background on your community community management uh, experience?
1: Yeah, so I grew up always wanting to be an archaeologist, and so I went to school for archaeology and anthropology and got my master's and um, was a practicing archaeologist for uh, a few years um, until I graduated from my master's program and... I wanted to write about one of two things. Um, I was like, I want to write about burial practices and grave robbing and why people switched from ground burials to crypts in the Victorian time. But it was just like way too complicated for my professor. So he was like, that sounds more like history, not anthropology And I was like, oh, well, it's not. But I can't I can't wrap my mind around this. So. I also, that summer, wanted to go to Comic-Con, and uh, so I was like, why don't I write my dissertation on Comic-Con, and then going to Comic-Con will be field research, and back when I was doing that, no one was really writing, like, academic articles about Comic-Con or about fandom or um, cosplay, so I wrote mine about uh, people who cosplay and are part of internet communities, And uh, meet each other in real life because they have this love for a movie or a video game or a TV show, and it's at Comic Con. And I talked about how Comic Con is kind of a ritualistic experience, um, similar to any other kind of anthropological uh, ritual. And through that, I met a lot of the game developers for BioWare because. Mass Effect, uh, The RPG was one of my case studies. Ah. And uh, so I started working in market research after my dissertation, but I stayed in contact with everyone at BioWare and an opportunity came up to lead a new team um, on the community and social media side for the marketing of a new game coming out called Mass Effect 3. Mm-hmm. And I jumped at the chance and kind of pivoted from thinking that I was going to be in academia and everything. And I started working in the video game industry. So I worked at Bioware for almost four years on um, Mass Effect 3, all of the DLC on there, um, and Dragon Age I did some Dragon Age 2 work, which is how I met Felicia because Felicia uh, is a voice in in the Dragon Age franchise. She's a sassy rogue named Talis. She's very... I I love her character. So that's how I was actually introduced to Felicia and started getting to know her. Mm -hmm. Um, And I left um, after Dragon Age Inquisition was all finished up Mm -hmm. to take an opportunity in LA to be closer to home and because my mom um, was going through cancer treatments and I didn't want to travel as much. And I also was just from a curiosity and like an intellectual standpoint, really interested in how fans are involved in the entertainment industry and how communities are formed around your favorite TV shows and movies and, Mm -hmm. um, digital projects. So, I was at Legendary for about two years, and around the same time that I joined Legendary, Geek & Sundry was acquired by Legendary, and so I got to see a lot more of um, Felicia and my really good friend Annie, who um, really introduced me to the inner workings of Geek & Sundry and became friends with the infamous Ryan Koppel and um, all of those guys, and just started getting more and more involved in their projects. And um yeah, it, it it's just kind of been something where my the things I do for fun on the internet, like I had a a show on the Nerdist channel called Try This at Home and I would do my own um streams making costumes back when it was like just in TV still. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those just kind of like collided and I was doing stuff for work and for fun at the same place and it was it was awesome. Um And now I've decided to listen to the beat of a different drummer and move up to Washington and uh, work at Microsoft as senior community manager for Windows apps and experiences on all of the Windows devices. So it's very different, but I am interested in people and communities and why people love the things that they love in fandom. So it all kind of weaves a connected thread.
0: Wow. I got I heard a lot of OG stuff dropped in there, I gotta be honest. It seemed like you were on the <laughs> a cutting edge of so many things just in their infancy. And and all those things have grown to be so large since. That that's that's gotta be really amazing.
1: I have been very fortunate and had a kind of um like a chameleon type career that I get to work on the things that I'm interested in and solving the philosophical problems that I see. And ultimately, my goal, which is very much aligned with Team Human, is doing work that makes the internet a more positive and constructive place. People don't have to agree all the time, but we should all be able to get along because the internet basically was invented at a time where everyone was hippies, and it was the Autobahn, and mm. when there's no speed limits, there's a lot of car accidents.
0: I don't know, um, and I and because I'm a little older, I, I can m- remember this. When you first got to jump on the internet, and I'm gonna pose this to everybody here, Tierlin and Joey as well, what was the first thing you did?
1: The first thing I did when I joined like the internet?
0: Yeah, the first internet activity you remember doing.
1: Hmm, I'm trying to think.
0: The reason why I'm asking, and I'll give you a second to think about it, is the very first thing I did is, is I found bulletin boards because I wanted to talk with people that weren't from you know, my general area. It was amazing to me to reach out to just you know, to find other people and to try to strike conversations with them from different countries. And I found that so incredibly fascinating um, that I had the ability to do that. So it's just, it's just a question I've always wondered from, from other people. Uh, if anyone else has an answer, feel free to chime in or I can move on if no one does.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, for me, I was about <laughs> for me, I was about seven years old and the first thing I did was jump on ICQ, which was kind of the MSN of the day. Mm-hmm. and I would chat with my uncles who lived you know a few hours away. And then I think a lot of my time was spent looking at images of Heath Ledger and <laughs> Johnny Depp. And that's pretty much the first thing I can remember.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, see, I don't know. I don't know if I, I dare reveal. Uh, screw it. I'll do it anyway. You know, you know, I will. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a daredevil. No, the the first thing that I got to see on the internet was I was at a friend's house because where I I grew up kind of at that poverty level where you couldn't afford to have a computer, let alone the internet. So mm-hmm. he his mom had a computer with the internet and. I got to experience the first time seeing the Spice Girls website, yes. and let me tell you, why I was glued to that thing for a good hour.
1: That's really <laughs> funny. Um, I so I was very similar in that um, we couldn't afford to get a computer for a long, long time. So I would go to my friends, and we would play a lot of games. Like I, I remember even before I remember internet stuff. I remember like all of the weird like Barbie dress up print out outfits and dress your Barbie up games that I would play. And like Carmen San Diego and and um, those kind of things. Oh, but I think when I was allowed more on the internet that just like to do what I wanted because my mom was very overly protective. Um, we I remember we had an Earthlink account and I was I've always wanted an AOL mm. account because of all of the cool features and chat rooms. And I always wanted an email address and wasn't allowed to have one. But I remember hanging out with friends and going through um, my friend who had AOL and we would start going on the different chat rooms in AOL. And sometimes we would be ourselves, and sometimes we would pretend to be other people. And uh, AIM basically taught me how to type like Screw the like reader rabbit and the little like typing turtle classes or whatever you took when you were in the computer lab. It was when I was in like middle school and after school every day going on the Internet and chatting with all of my friends in my classes. And then we would go into chat rooms and chat with strangers, which my mom clearly like didn't know we were doing.
0: (laughs) I just, I, I always, I've always wanted to ask someone this question, just because for me, the, the, the thought of the internet was just the ability to communicate with people on a grander scale. And that's always been the thing that I've enjoyed the most. And it's the reason why I love Team Human so much. You, you stated it yourself, Jessica. It is the most positive place that I have ever landed, not just on the internet, but anywhere. And I just, I cannot get enough of it. I feed off of positivity. Negativity, literally, even if it's not directed towards me, is, is the number one drain on everything that I am. Mm-hmm. So I, I just love surrounding myself with positive people. Now, let's get into some of your geeky passions. And I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here and say that one of them is cosplay.
1: Yes, I love I love, I mean, I grew up as a theater kid, so cosplay was a way for me to cast myself in the role of any character that I wanted without having to audition for it. And mm-hmm. my mom was always very much like, um, even though I was involved in like community theaters and school productions, she was always like, you can't grow up and be an actor. You need to get a, a like respectable degree and make lots of money. And I was like, okay, so that became my outlet to basically step into someone else's shoes and be whoever I wanted to be. Um, and so I did a lot of like historical costuming. I was in a fife and drum corps. Really? When I was in high school, I was a little drummer boy. Aww. Yep. Revolutionary War. <laughs> I, I actually used to work on a Revolutionary War apple farm Okay. Um, as a living historian. So dressing up and being not me has like been something that I've been doing since I was a little kid. And, um, I wasn't, I, I didn't know what cosplay was until my friends had come back from Comic-Con one year when I was in high school and they were like, we can dress up and go somewhere. Like we, it's not like a weird thing. Like, we would dress up and go to coffee shops and, like, try to freak people out. Like, we were reverse goths. We were just, like, in colorful costumes and being like, look how cool we are. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a macchiato. So um, <laughs> cosplay has always been something that I've enjoyed doing, um, just to be someone else for a little
0: bit. Mm. So did, did I, you worked for a historical reenactment place? Is that like those civil, mm-hmm. civil war reenactments?
1: Uh, Yes. So if you're ever in the Southern California area, you should check out uh, this awesome little farm called Riley's Farm. It's in the foothills of the San Bernardino Mountains in a town called Big Bear. And there's like absolutely no reason why it should exist because it's not like on the East Coast. There's no actual old buildings. But this guy who started out in tech, um, he loved history so much that he put all of the money that he'd made into, in from tech and um, got this big, like, Apple Farm and settled down there and raised his family, and his family all worked for the Apple Farm, and um, all the kids' kids worked there, and so... I went there when I was a little kid um, as part of a school group, and I was like, I love the drum. I want to be a little drummer boy. And that went back to like wanting to be an archaeologist. Is is growing up on um, the East Coast originally, and going to like Colonial Williamsburg and being like, that's how the past really was. Um, just kidding. But <laughs> yeah, it's I am like such a history nerd and such a just i love american history it's like a really weird thing but i love it oddly enough i have not listened to hamilton because <laughs> i don't know maybe it's too close i'm like oh i love musical theater i love history i can't it's too much for me
0: uh yeah i thought i was the last one on the planet to figure out what hamilton was uh now i'm, I'm canadian so we we don't obviously do the his you know civil war reenactment stuff here and, and and perhaps this this question is as simple as it's like a larp but what what is the draw for people to want to reenact Civil War battles? I, I just I'm more curious than anything else.
1: So it, I think it depends on different people. Some people they they do it because their family has been doing it, and there's groups like the Sons and Daughters of the American Revolution. Although I've discovered that there is a big C- Civil War reenactor community in like England, of all places. I think it's similar yeah. to like the Ren Fair, though where. You just want to feel uh, like you're part of something that's a little simpler, right. a little... It is very much heavily glazed with the feeling of nostalgia about a past that never really existed. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just a way, just like cosplay, where you can get closer to the thing that you love. So um, if you love a video game so, so much that you want to feel like you are part of it, maybe you'll... you'll. Um, make some a fan illustration you'll write fan fiction or maybe you'll make a costume because you feel like that's just your way of like giving back and being part of something you love. Um, And I, I think that historical reenactment is kind of the same. It's just people who love history so much that they want to understand it a little better and they want to be part of it or as close to it as they can without obviously time traveling. (laughs)
0: So how did Heroes of Cosplay come to play?
1: So my friend Chloe Dykstra, I don't know like how she got involved. I think probably through like the normal Hollywood ways. She got cast and she um, was like, my friend should do it too. And so some like casting people got in touch and, um, and it was just like a really weird, wild, cool experience. I always feel bad because people see the end result of like reality TV, like on my TV right now is some kind of like flip or flop, like house buying HGTV show. And that's like not the way it really is, but it's all kind of in the good spirit of, of watching TV. We just love reality TV, but it also can like, portray a very different light of a community that you're in or, um, a passion that you care about or a a profession, I guess. But it, it was a, it was a fun, weird thing. And it made me a lot closer to some cosplayers that I've always admired. And it made me understand the way the entertainment industry worked. And I was definitely a lot smarter after that about, um, various projects that I was involved in because I was like, I know how to read a contract. I know how to negotiate, which are skills that everyone should have.
2: Agreed. Yes. I, I highly agree with that. Um, speaking of heroes of cosplay, I did, I wanted to, uh, jump on that topic because that's where I actually first got introduced, um, to you, Jessica, uh, me and my friend Paige. I'm going to give her a shout out because if I didn't, she would kill me because you're one of her greatest idols. You're Aww. just an amazing person.
1: Paige, hey, you're so and,
2: cool. <laughs> um, we were working at Subway together, and we would close the store, and then we would rush to her house, You know, pull up DVR, and we would watch. And I have to say thank you, because if it wasn't for Heroes of Cosplay, I also wouldn't understand fully how reality TV works. Because we're sitting there, we're watching, and I'm looking at... The way that they do the whole confessional, and then they'll jump from confessional to what happened, and then back and forth while you're talking about it. And I'm like, okay, so here she has red hair, and then here she has black hair, and now her hair's short, and now her hair is long again. Six episodes yep. down the line, I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And I found out that they do those confessional recordings like six months after everything is done.
1: Yeah, they'll. Um, so what they and they do this on like if you see an episode of Tabletop. Like at the end of the day after the game is played, they'll interview people and there's someone called a story producer who is watching everything while it's happening and taking notes on interesting what they call story beats. Or just if something happens that would be good for a conversation, they're taking notes for all of it to help editors who I think otherwise would have no starting point. And then though, that is where they base your interview um, on, like I said, new media shows do this. Any basically unscripted show is going to do this, whether it's supposed to be like Desperate House... Or not Desperate, uh, Real Housewives type of a show full of like drama and or just like a normal House Stuff's Made type show where it's literally just trying to be informative and entertaining. Um, so... Um, oftentimes they would get what's called on the fly interviews that usually happen the same day. And that would be like in a location or it might be in like a meeting conference room in like a back lot of somewhere that they had like a pop out green screen. But for the most part, the interviews are all like. After they've like decided, okay, here's what the episode's going to look like, so they're not wasting everyone's time asking them a million different things.
2: Because one of the other things that we noticed was we, because Paige and I, we had followed along, um, especially with the second half of the season, um, with all of the, the competition. Because unfortunately, and I want to, and I really want to jump out here and say that we are in support of everybody who participated on the show that was in front of the camera. Basically, so like you and and Chloe and everybody else, because when we're seeing how things are edited and we kind of get a glimpse as to how reality TV is edited, we're realizing that sci-fi just did not understand (laughs) the actual community of cosplay. And there are two sides to it. You have people who do it for the love and enjoyment. But then you have people who enjoy it and take it further with competition, and it seems like Sci-Fi wanted to make it all about the competition and all about the drama. And it's like even if they had left out the drama, millions of people, we would have still tuned in and watched because we we loved watching you guys mm-hmm. with your craft. And I have to tell you what I both am terrified yet intrigued to meet Yaya because she's, she looks so incredibly sweet but I feel like if I said the wrong thing like she would cut a bitch just like that
1: <laughs> no that like I've heard people say like the meanest cruelest hor like literally horrifying things that I would jump over the table and like rip their hair out and she just because people think that they can say something to someone because of their appearance or how they carry themselves she deals with like the the actual like human garbage that people say on the internet like people have said that to her face and i'm like and that's so bad what i know so she has i don't know anyone who has more poise and grace than her because she like has somehow is able to carry herself and uh respond to people who think either through just like social inexperience or like actually being genuinely malicious that they can say things like that to her um but i I would have to actually say that um so uh i guess it's like been enough years that i no longer care if someone's like you can't talk about the show um (laughs) So basically, like my understanding is that someone pitched the show, which is usually how things go. Like you pitch a show idea to a production company or network. And the show was very much like toddlers and tiaras in the like geeky world. And um, that's a very and when you're pitching stuff, usually if there's an established format you can point to. Um, you're much more likely to get something picked up because people don't want to do unproven, weird like things that are not on TV, um, even though everyone's always looking for the next big thing. They want the next big thing, but that's why you always see it's Arrested Development meets Parks and Recreation because people need to pivot and and, and understand things through the lens of what already exists. Right. And so someone pitched this like Toddlers and Tiaras show, and... Um, our production crew were so wonderful because they started filming this. They started following all of us and they were like, whoa, this is not what this world is at all. Like, this isn't, this is not the community we thought it was. And they all were amazing. Some of them were like very, very nerdy and geeky. And like, we we would like stay up and talk about World of Warcraft with them or we would talk about, um like their nerdy tattoos and they would do things like at various cons, they would all buy matching like uh power ranger shirts or something and wear that around while they were following us. Um, the very last episode, a bunch of the crew actually made and dressed up in their own costumes. So like our camera, our camera guy was dressed up literally in all blue face paint as a, an avatar character. Awesome. And we were like, wow, you like, you really went for it. <laughs> and like no no one would ever know about this except for us. But they just got so involved and cared so much about the community that they wanted to do that. So they got a bunch of process stuff with us. They got a bunch of things. And if you watch the very first few episodes, you'll see that even though it is dramatic, they're trying to teach you things like um, the first episode that, um, you know, maybe you're not the most fit person, but you don't have to change who you are to cause. And there's like little moral lessons that are in there that are hard for people to see because they're like focused on drama. But here's the interesting point uh, of the story is they did hear all of the feedback. They listened to it and they did have to still deliver a show that was like the format of the pitch that got bought. Um, But when they toned down the drama, the viewers dropped like significantly. And it is unfortunately just because people like us are very cool and very nerdy and we're interested in that stuff. But there is like a segment. I don't want to say middle America because like people who are nerdy also live in middle America. (laughs) But that that mentality of like more of a general population who don't really know anything about this like weird nerdy thing, they need something that is going to keep them watching like when the commercials go on, like so that they don't turn the channel. Everyone has so many options these days for video games to play, TV shows to watch movies to go see that you're competing for someone's attention and people's attention spans are shorter and shorter all the time. Um, so, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that I would have wanted to be involved in some like, luckily, like, I never looked like a crazy, dramatic person. And I think that's just because through having done like web projects and through being a very public facing community manager, I knew like, I'm not going to say anything that can be edited in a way that will make me look bad. Um, But, you know, I think the good thing about all of that is that I've met a lot of people who were like, I showed this show to my parents, and they finally understood why I've been in, like, taking over the guest room and started making costumes. I, like, showed this to my sister, and she's going to come to a convention with me for the first time. So it helped introduce cosplay to a lot of people. It's just like Marvel it introduced comic books to a lot of people who wouldn't have ever read a comic book because they just don't know how to dive in. So... I think that's why I take the like positive with the negative. And it was, it was rough getting all of the, um, I'm still like, not really on Tumblr anymore because that is interestingly where most of the hate came from. I was like, um, okay. Like, so 4chan is, is not being uh, a bunch of like bags of salt, but Tumblr hates us. Okay. That's awesome. Thanks. Tumblr, the most inclusive platform ever supposedly, but Overall, it was a good experience and it introduced a lot of people who wouldn't have known about cosplay to cosplay. And I think that there are amazing documentaries about cosplay that have surfaced out of it. Cosplay is much more mainstream now. And I think that eventually we will have more shows that are cosplay centric. You just have to have a few of them. Like you need to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Exactly. Um, And I will will end the
2: Heroes Cosplay note on... I I agree um, that you were never really shown in a negative light because you seem to be a very moral compass. Lack of a better terminology. You you had a very... um, A very bright personality in a sense of hey you know what we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves we're supposed to be having fun let's not have a panic attack that you know we're having to ship stuff overnight because a machine broke down and we can't finish a costume it's like do what you can go out there and sell it like you're having the best time in your life because that might actually get you the extra points that you're so concerned that you won't get if you go out and compete
1: yeah i mean um obviously like the reason I cosplay is is different from some of the people on the show who that is, like, how they make their whole career. Right. But also, if you keep saying cosplay is for fun so many times that it feels unnatural to you, those are the few things that will get edited into an episode. Whereas other people, I think, were just too human, um, to be perfectly honest. Because everyone has... I, like... Cosplay is a very dramatic thing. Like, there's meltdowns, people's stuff breaks, people's... Uh, like you get injured, it is a very dramatic thing. But if that is, is what is happening to you in real life, and there's a camera crew, that's, of course, the part that they're going to show. But if you are smart about, and this is like advice for basically anyone who ends up on a reality show, if you don't give them anything to film, even if you do feel really frustrated and stressed out and tired then they can't show that so um i i I don't think that i'm necessarily a more positive person i think maybe i'm just a little bit wiser i'll say uh, it for you (laughs) sly i'm i'm a little more i i was a little i was sly like a fox i i it was a, it was definitely strategy it was survival
0: (laughs) good stuff i you know i've actually really enjoyed the um the way the cosplay community, on large, has become more and more accessible. I cosplayed for the first time in my life last year. Wow! Um, so uh, I was—I I did a Luke Skywalker cosplay. So it—it awesome. was—you it, know—it's always been my favorite fictional character, and—and and, you know, I just—I felt I was going to do it, and I had a few friends locally that you know they're really into it, and I kind of felt comfortable giving it a shot. I learned cosplaying on a convention on the busy day, perhaps isn't the best thing. For, <laughs> For at least for me, because like I had a I had the lightsaber and I had to hold it like right up to my chest the whole day because it was we were shoulder to shoulder everywhere. But uh, yeah. beyond that, the experience was really positive. People, you know, were really appreciative of of the costume and you know I had a bunch of pictures taken and it just it added a whole other level to being the, the being a geek experience. That I, a lot of this stuff I I, I didn't dive into. I, I was that guy that was always afraid to admit for years that this was something that I loved, that I cared a lot about. And, and, I, and you know, I didn't even, I, I never went to conventions because I was just so terrified about somehow that sticking to me and that being a negative thing, which is, it's completely the opposite. I mean, you show up and it's the most inclusive places you'll ever meet and or you'll ever be. And I just, I want to thank people like yourself and, and, and others that have been showing the positivity within the cosplay community. And it's not something that, you know, Nineteen-year-olds do. It's something that everybody does, and yeah, I've seen so many families at these conventions, and I think that is where it really struck me is when you see, you know, a set of four or five family of uh, family members, and they're all wearing matching costumes, and I go, "That would have been so cool if I was a kid, if I was to ever go to a place like this with my parents and and have them do that." And anyway, I just yeah,
1: I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, honestly, like it's always been the same thing for me where. I don't know why, maybe I'm just like an an impatient person, but I've always been like, I don't want to censor myself any more than like you censor yourself in normal life and you you, like don't overshare things and you don't, you're not like socially inappropriate, but I I don't want to not be this multifaceted weird person that I am. And so I always told myself I would always do jobs and hobbies and projects that were inclusive to who I was and I wouldn't have to like worry that stuff that I was doing for fun was going to come into conflict with stuff I was doing professionally. And I think I think sometimes you have to be that person because then it helps make it okay for other people. Um, for instance, there is a, a PhD at UCLA. And um, she is amazing. Her name is Andrea. She's a a um, doctor of psychology, and um, she is also a cosplayer. But for a long, long time, she like kept those two things very separate, and she didn't want her colleagues to think that she was less professional because she cosplayed or because she was like very in shape and and would wear like midriff revealing things, but. I think at some point either someone found out or she ended up telling everyone and she does work on the psychology of cosplay and about um, a lot of like really geeky things in general that I think professionally she is contributing to the things that we love because she's able to meld both of those things Um, I think her Twitter is like Arkham Doc or something. And I really recommend she does um, a lot of stuff with mental wellness and with um, geekiness. And like she's collaborated on like the psychology of Batman and stuff like that. And so the more you can be like your whole self without having to feel like parts of you are just like not good enough or people will judge you, the better. And I'm happy to be a person who like helps beta test that in some instances.
0: I think that's an absolutely excellent point. This was something that you know and, and I have to give a lot of credit to Felicia and the Geek and Sundry community in general. They really empowered Uh, I think a lot of people that were, you know, there would be like two or three people here, two or three people there, at least in my experience. And, you know, they had small groups that they were all willing to be themselves around. But to kind of be geeky out loud was was just, it felt, like I just, I don't know. I personally kind of needed a platform and a place where I, I, I had, you know, I could be told that this was fine, this was okay. And ever since I got involved with the Geek and Sundry community, even way before the Twitch and the Team Human stuff, I gained that strength from from the from this group of people. And it, it's it's it, it's just amazing to me that I lived so many years of my life being afraid to really show a part of who I am, someone that's really at the core of who I am. And now it just feels wonderful to be living out loud. I, I don't know how else to explain it than that.
1: That's awesome. That's a really good way to put it too.
0: So I got a couple of personal questions, and one of them is a little embarrassing. I'm a, I'm a big video game fan, and and I'm a huge fan of the, uh, the uh, Dragon Age series, Yay. but one, one series that I have never got into that I think I lose almost all my geek cred on is actually Mass Effect. And it's something- <sighs> I, You got to. I know. And it's something I've always wanted to. Everyone that I, whose opinion matters anything to me has told me how amazing of a game this is. Is this a series that I have to start with the original or can I jump in right near the middle or the end?
1: I would start with Mass Effect 2. And if you like Mass Effect 2, uh, go back and play Mass Effect 1. Some people will tell you, like, just play the whole thing from the beginning. But, and I guess it depends on your play style because Mass Effect 1 is way more similar to, um, like, traditional RPGs. Um, it was kind of that in-between phase. Like, if you've played KOTOR, it's it's similar to KOTOR. Um, so if, if you are, like, comfortable with that style of play um it's a little less forgiving in terms of like when people play now and they've never played those kind of games or gotten to love all aspects of how it's kind of a harder play style in my experience is is those kind of like older rpgs but in many ways they're like the best rpgs so Start with Mass Effect 1 if you're comfortable with that play style. If you're like playing it, and you're like, oh, this is hard, play Mass Effect 2. You will fall in love with all of the characters, and the, the user interface is just like much cleaner and simpler. And the combat, I think, is is better and improved in Mass Effect 2. And then go back and play Mass Effect 1 or play it all the way through. And um, if you can play it with all of the DLC, I highly recommend it because. Um, the DLC basically are times for the developers to experiment and try new things. And oftentimes developers will work on DLC after the main game has shipped, but there's a period called certification where a game has to be approved by whoever is distributing it, whether it's Xbox or PlayStation or um, PC for like retail. Um, So in between that period when the main game is out, but before it's like in the market, the studio is not just, I mean, they could just all go on vacation, but they don't. They're like, let's make some of this stuff that we couldn't, um, we, we didn't do for the main game that is not essential, but it's, I think makes the whole experience better.
0: So we, we've talked about a lot of the stuff that you've, you know, been known for, um, Uh, rather on the Twitch community or, you you know, everything that we, people have seen your face with, what other geeky passions that perhaps aren't a little bit more tied to your professional career that do you have?
1: So, like I said, I'm really, really interested in history. I am, my master's is in material and visual culture, which is, I always joke and say, it's things you can touch and things you can see. But the, like, consumerism and antiques and things like that all really fascinate me. Um, I love going antique shopping. I love going and seeing old architecture. Um, the closest thing I feel to like a feeling of spiritualism is going into like an old building or being in a place like Stonehenge where you can just feel the weight of hundreds or thousands of years of people passing through. And that's just a really special experience for me. Um, and I also am, my dad died when I was really little and a lot, I had like a lot of death in my family. So I grew up having gone to like zillions of funerals and I think I went to like one wedding when I was a kid. Um, so that was just like, I think part of me through being interested in history and also through having to confront death at a really young age and grow up. By the way, if anyone has kids or... Um, Or you have like nieces, nephews, or friends, and you either experience a loss or you want to teach your kids about death. There's a really good book that is one of my favorite books. It's called Fall of Freddy the Leaf. And it explains it in a very like not like crappy Buzzfeed type way. So I recommend that. But I think, I think when you are used to something, it becomes less morbid. And so through that. Death culture and me- memento mori has become really interesting to me. Um, I you talk to a lot of my uh, Godparents are um, morticians. so um, I, I it's just like a weird part of me. So, um, I follow a lot of, um, a lot of, like, medical, um, anthropology and historical, like morbid anatomy is one of my favorite blogs. Um, and those are the things that I retweet in the middle of the night when I'm like reading at a and everyone's probably like, why is she retweeting something about like a human specimen or I don't know. So that's, that's really interesting to me. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I love, objects and people and i'm not a big people person i'm a very extroverted introvert but i i love why like trying to understand why people do the things they do so reading those kind of things it i i'm a people watcher
0: that's excellent i i also am an extroverted introvert so i i understand that mindset for sure and i married a introverted extrovert which is an interesting <laughs> dynamic. Um, but let's throw this back over to Joey. Joey, let's do some rapid-fire questions with Jessica.
2: All right, darling, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> A phrase that you use that is just so you.
1: Literally. I say it way too much. Or, oh, my God.
2: For me, it's, oh, my lances. <laughs> Uh, country that you'd love to visit?
1: I just want to go back to England. I've been there a million times, and I just want to go back all the time. I love it there. I love England.
2: I would love to go to England, too. Uh, especially, I'd like to go to Germany as well. Um, Germany's great. I see. I want to go to Germany for I know I just walked away from my questions, but I just have to throw this out there. Um, <laughs> no, the reason I want to go to Germany is because my favorite singer in the entire world, Doro Pesch, that's where she's from, and I want to visit all the places that she used to do her sound checks and practices at, because uh, there's a lot of awesome history attached to that history. So I'm kind of a history buff too. Sometimes
1: that's really cool. I'm
3: um, um, actually. Could I jump in quickly with that Germany thing? Oh, go yes. ahead. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That stupid delay. Um, in Germany, also back to like the body thing, there's apparently a museum where you can choose to preserve your body mm-hmm. after you pass on. And some people put their bodies in these really interesting positions. Like there was a guy kind of almost like a, an angel, I think it was. He had wings and everything. So, I mean, it was a little bit weird, but fascinating at the same time.
1: Um, Yeah. So there's two of them. There's, I think there's body works and then there's body something. One of them is based out of Germany and one of them is based out of China. So you might see some of the body exhibits. And the first one I saw, I was like, wow, I guess under our skin, we all look Chinese, but we, (laughs) it actually was all Chinese people. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's a really cool thing in Germany and it's called plastinization. Um, And yeah, it's uh, again, like I could nerd out forever about that. And if one of my favorite books about morbid things that I got from when I was, because I, I love nonfiction books, um, I, I got a book called Never Suck a Dead Man's Toe. And it was it was like The Curious Lives of Cadavers or something like that. And um, so great gift shop purchase from that <laughs> exhibit.
2: <laughs> All right. So let's see. You just written a book about yourself. What would you call it?
1: Oh, I had a really good title that I was like, oh, that'd be a funny title for a book. Um, You know, I've thought I've thought about this a lot. I really enjoy writing. Um, I I have a few like blogs that are floating around the Internet and and writing is something I would like to write a book. I don't know if it would be a memoir or if it would be more just like silly anecdotes that happen to me or in my I, I can't write fiction. I just can't. But. I like observational humor. Um, so I don't know. I can't think of a title. I don't know what it is yet. It would probably be something like, um, like I ate all the pizza. I don't know. It, it would they'd definitely be involved with food.
0: That works. I ate all the pizza is a legitimate answer. Don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> um, but when I was went, like all of my blogs, um, it was, I used to call them something like the. The Adventures of a Curious Protagonist. So I think I like the word protagonist in the title as well. The protagonist ate the pizza.
0: Oh, that is genius. A- I love it. ate the pizza. I like it.
2: If you could swap bodies with somebody, <laughs> yeah. anybody, you, you could even time travel back to the past if you wanted to. Um, And this mm-hmm. would be for a whole day. Who would it be?
1: Uh, I would want to time travel with Marie Antoinette so that she could be like, The world's not so bad after all. (laughs) Haha, I'm dead. Um, And I don't know. I love... I'm not even a big, like, fan of France. No offense to everyone who's French. I love many French people. But um, there's just something about the Age of Enlightenment that I'm really interested in. And I think I would have to be either a royal person or I would have to be, like, a super wealthy lady who is, like is a widow and, and she owns her own land because that's the only way to become a landowner. Uh in that time because I would want some agency and uh I, but I would also want to dress up in the crazy clothes. And I would want to eat some Mary L- Sally Lundbread. Some Sally Lundbread. It's real good. How good is it? It's real good.
2: Real good.
0: What 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 is that? How like Sally- what's the difference? between what well we know sally
1: lund born. bread is, is is a specific type of bread that was popular in the colonial period you can look up recipes for it now and if you ever end up on the east coast sometimes they'll serve it and it's just i don't know it's just like a light fluffy bread that's really tasty and i'm not a big bread person so are you a morning or night person night for sure if if i get to work at like nine I am so proud of myself I'm like yeah I got to work on time (laughs) usually I get to work like wherever I'm working at like 10 I've had to go to work early many times or like oftentimes it's like I have to start early but if it was up to me I would sleep all the time and then I would wake up and and stay up all night like my my uh internal clock is not set for morning
2: yeah n- neither is mine but it's okay cuz there's there's always the time for late night unboxing
1: of lemon meringue tart it's true it's true that's when the magic happens exactly
2: all because OBS is a dick anyway <laughs> uh now here's a question that i came up with just cuz it the community around this is is kind of cosplay like and that is would you ever appear if you were invited as a guest host or judge on RuPaul's Drag Race?
1: Oh, my God. I love RuPaul. Oh, I would. Oh, I don't think I'd want to be a judge. Yes. I, yes. Yes. I love RuPaul. Um, I'm so glad that there are fellow RuPaul fans here. I, I feel like I would want to be um, a host. I I don't I don't like judging people. Um, I just like, I get too emotionally attached to everyone. But RuPaul is so good. I'm like obsessed with RuPaul. I really want to meet RuPaul someday. I can just see M- Michelle
2: Visage just being like, You're my daughter now. I know. <laughs> Who, what is she? She's I would amazing. I love your daughter. <laughs> but you're amazing too.
1: I know. I love, I love the, the drag community. When, um, when I was in college, there used to be a really big Halloween party in, Um, the, in San Francisco and like too many people got shot one year and they had to shut it down, but it was like all of like, everyone was in drag and I befriended someone who was in drag as Lucille Ball and everyone's like, Oh, you're so precious. I'm like, (laughs) let me be part of your circle of friends. Um, I, I, the drag community is amazing. Um, it's so artistic and so cool and, um, they've persevered through a lot of years of people not understanding them at all.
2: Did you watch this uh recent season? Mhm. Okay, who were you who were you rooting for?
1: I can't I don't root for I love everyone. <laughs> See, I love I root everyone, for everyone and then I follow them I on root Instagram. For everyone
2: too, and, and this is the problem where reality TV starts to come in because the way that they'll edit something or they'll put an audio clip in an area that it never happened in. But from an artistic standpoint, I was so in love with kimchi. I was just like, girl, Uh, I'm living for your art right now.
1: Yeah. I could see that.
2: All right. So I got just a couple more uh, questions for you. Uh, Favorite food?
1: Ooh, either candy, not chocolate candy, or sour candy, 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 like now and laters, or Twizzlers, or not Twizzlers, Red Vines, although I like Twizzlers as well. Um, Or... I like the perfect cheese sandwich, which is a su- like a sub sandwich, but it's very specific. Or I, I don't know. I'm kind of a bread and butter person. I like really good spaghetti and, and also Taco Bell. Those are all my favorite foods.
0: Oh, I love Taco Bell. Mm-hmm.
1: That's
2: my weakness. What is the one app on your phone that you could never live without? Let's see. She's like, hold on, I have I gotta use
1: some math. <laughs> It'll tell me what my most used app is. Uh I'm gonna have to say Twitter because that's like the first thing that my top series suggestions for like the things that I clearly use the most, Twitter then Facebook, but I Facebook normally is just like my job. Um Outlook for Mail, and then iBooks. But I think iBooks is a misnomer. I think I was reading on a plane. So, yeah, Twitter. I love Twitter. Twitter is my favorite social media platform. And I forgive them a lot for missteps because I just really believe in the platform. And finally, certainly last but not least, how
2: awesome is the Team Human moderator Toronto gal.
1: Oh, Toronto gal, so cute! I love her so much. Um, every, all of the all of the Team Human moderators are really great, but uh, Toronto gal goes above and beyond just to make everyone feel really special and included, and give information about everything. And it's that's like a hard job to do just for fun, <laughs> like she is, is really lovely. And there's been some situations in the past where I like needed help with people who were being creepy and she like jumped on it and she didn't have to like, it's not her job, but it's like her passion, I think to help bring people together. And, um, some, some people who have like moderated for me, um, use her as an example of like she's really cool. I I want to do more of the kind of things she's doing, and I'm like, yes, she's such a positive
0: influence. She truly is. Um, we on this podcast make sure to show our Toronto gal love every single podcast with that last question, and we're all, we're all in agreement with you. I mean, Allison lives in the same city as me. And it is literally on the top of my list of people I want to meet on this planet. So maybe one day. One day. All right, Taralyn, you and your delay are up next. Let's do the suggestion section. And you got us a new game this week.
3: I do. So it's called Google Feud. So it's kind of like that uh, game show Family Feud, except it's based on the Google most common questions. You know, when you type in, for example, you know, does my cat? And then it comes up with all these suggestions. It's kind of like that. So let's get the yeah. very first one up. <laughs> yeah. So I think this will be a little bit of fun. So we've got how does Google uh, wait? Blah, how does Google autocomplete this uh, this query? So is it wrong to dot dot dot? What do you think?
1: And I have to finish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is it wrong oh to God. dot dot dot? What is your answer, Jessica?
1: Just like what my.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can give it to someone else, Joey. You you save Jessica here.
1: Yeah, you guys go first because my like my my the first thing I thought of is horrible. It's probably
0: there though.
2: <laughs> All right, so it's. Can you repeat it one more time?
3: Is it wrong to ellipsis?
2: Is it wrong to?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to horrible places too. Wash my cat in the bathtub. Oh God.
3: Wash my cat. I'll just put wash my cat. Okay. All right, search. No, not that one. Okay, we have two more chances.
0: Okay, I'm not gonna go where my brain immediately went because I think Jessica and I, had our main brain went the same way. So I'll go halfway. Is it wrong to steal a car?
1: Oh, that's a good one. That's a normal one.
0: I know, it's not where my brain is.
1: Wrong
3: to steal. (laughs) Sadly, no, that is wrong as well. Okay, we have one more chance.
0: All right, Jessica. (laughs) Go or your brain. Uh,
1: Okay, well, it's still... Look, I'm not going to say what I was going to say because it's horrible, but if you want an idea for what I was going to say, there's an article that this woman wrote um, where she basically is saying... Advice that teenage girls need to know: like you don't have to be nice to strange men. No, nope. uh, and she told a few stories that like are horrifying. So for some reason, my mind automatically jumped there. It's a great article; you should read it. Uh, is it wrong to kill someone? I'll just I'll just be creepy, but all but still like kind of PG thirteen.
0: I think it's got a shot.
1: Okay,
3: these are the top ten. Is it wrong to... <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Oh, we got none of them.
3: Okay. Is it wrong to sleep with your sister?
0: Oh my That's God. the
3: top one. <laughs> is it uh, wrong to eat meat? That's the top oh. one. Yeah. Oh. Is it wrong to pray for money?
0: Pray for money. Okay.
3: <laughs> is it wrong to date your cousin? <laughs> what is wrong
1: with people? See,
2: it's this kind of stuff that makes me... Like for at least a short period of time, just lose <laughs> all faith in humanity. I'm just like, I'm done adulting today.
3: I know, right? <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Oh, keep going, please.
3: Okay, let's do another we'll do another quick round. Okay, let's do we'll do questions again because that's fun. Okay. Okay, uh how much does it cost to buy a dot dot dot?
0: Okay, Jessica. We'll let you go first this time.
1: Uh f- Uh, Engagement ring because I wanted to go with car but um, I did a car thing last time although now I've just given someone else an an answer if they want it.
3: No not that one. I reckon it's really weird stuff like is it how much does it cost to buy a zebra?
0: Okay put in your answer.
3: (laughs) Okay a zebra why not? No? Okay. Alright, one more.
0: I was gonna say an exotic animal too, jelly Joey?
2: How much does it cost to buy... I'm... G- okay, I'm gonna go really weird here, and if a SWAT team shows up, I apologize. Oh, don't get How much swatted. does it cost to buy plutonium? Oh, Lord. You know... You know somebody has Googled that.
3: Okie dokie. No, okay. Um the very first result is I would have said an How much does it cost to buy a
1: star? A star? That's close to plutonium.
0: What <laughs> <laughs> a massive scale. I was gonna say an island. Yeah, kinda. But...
1: I, mean, I
3: have my own star.
1: You do? No, I,
3: I genuinely have a star called Tirulin in the sky. I got it for my twenty first birthday. Yeah. Oh, That's cool. awesome. It's, um, yeah, I actually have to, I haven't actually seen it yet. Um, okay. The next one is house, horse, gas station, private jet, domain name, McDonald's. What? (laughs) Because, yeah, I've I've been looking into buying McDonald's. Let's
0: try to get one. (laughs) All right, give us something. All
3: right, we'll do one more. Okay. We're
1: 0 for 2. Okay.
3: Uh, Mm. what is the address of dot, dot,
0: dot? The President of the United States.
3: That's a good one, because I was gonna say the White House. Yeah, let's do the White House because so that should be one of ours. Yeah.
0: Yeah. White House is more. Oh
3: concise. yeah. Number one, we got it. Yeah! Yes!
0: yes! <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Joey.
2: Oh, is it do they give the same question? Yes. Yeah, you yeah. multiple answers. Oh, oh, okay. Um what is the address of um Heidi Klum. (laughs)
3: Okay. (laughs) How do you spell her last name? K-L-U-M? Yep. No, I'm afraid.
0: Uh, Do you have another one, Jessica?
1: What is the address Um, of... Maybe Beyonce. I feel like she's popular. Queen Bay.
3: No, nothing Okay, we got one more chance, guys. I'm, I'm we got gonna this. go out
0: on a limb here and say Sherlock Holmes. Could be. For those who have forgotten two twenty one Baker Ooh. Street. B. Yeah.
2: See, I forget the address all the time. I just look for Cumberbatch
0: and I go about my okay. so, <laughs> so no Sherlock Holmes, eh?
3: What is it? Okay. Um this is Probably, okay, obviously Area 51 is there, oh, fair enough. Oh, yeah. But the second most popular search is what is the address of my location?
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, like, what's my address? Yeah. All right.
3: <laughs> yeah, um then you've got IRS, Costco, the Empire State Building, Detroit Metro Airport, and Earth in the Cosmos. <laughs>
1: wow, Detroit's getting a lot of... <laughs> I feel
3: we're not, we probably shouldn't go on Family Feud.
0: No, no, no we're not a very <laughs> tight family for this sort of Google thing.
1: Okay. Well, we just don't know what the general public
0: wants. Well, no, but it's... Look, I mean, we we were thinking bad things on that first yeah, question. Yeah, I totally
1: recommend
3: it. I mean, the next one is Should I Pierce My... you got to play it.
0: Oh, uh-huh. God.
1: Well, that's a cool game. I like this game.
0: Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Should I Pierce My What? All right, fine. Oh, you want to do it? All okay, right. should I Pierce I'm My... I'm interested.
1: I'll do nipple,
3: because I think that's an obvious one. Oh, nipple comes
0: in at number nine. Number nine.
2: Joey? All right, I'm going to get oddly twisted here, because I've seen a couple of articles featuring this happening. But should I pierce my pet? No, you should not. Okay. (laughs) No, you shouldn't. I will tell you that right now.
3: No, that's that's wrong, which is good.
2: Thank God nobody's um, searching for
0: that. Nose. I'll stay clean.
3: Number one, nose. Yeah.
2: Wow, right. we don't knock it out of the water, Blair.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, anyone I else? I mean,
1: are generals on there? Because I feel like that's just, like, human curiosity.
0: It, yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay, I will do that. <laughs> no, I would have thought that yeah, been so would be the top two. What? I'm genuinely shocked.
0: That's not there. Wow. The
3: community yes. is so unpredictable.
0: That was the answer I didn't okay. want to say.
3: I know, right? Okay, we got one more go. Eyebrow?
0: Yeah, eyebrow. I, like I eyebrow. can't wait to
3: see the results. I bet they're going to be really weird. Okay, eyebrow wasn't there. So um, this...
2: I'm kind of scared to see the results. Okay.
3: Oh, it's just because people said, should I pierce my own ears? Should I pierce my own nose? So I think these people want to do it on their own. Yeah. So we've got septum Mm -hmm. ears, cartilage. Yeah. Navel, lip. Yeah. But no, I, I think it's so much fun. Definitely guys, you have to play it because I've spent hours on this thing, even though I'm really bad at it. Is, is this an app? What, (laughs) like, how do I get this?
0: website just google feud
3: yeah just go to google and type in google feud yeah
2: i actually downloaded when she was talking about it before we started i actually downloaded the app
0: oh there's an app too well, that's probably better there than is. the website that's cool anyway yeah that was a lot of fun <laughs> we're gonna have to do that one again oh yeah all right so let's get into the promotional section of things um we'll 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 start with Jessica. I think it's only appropriate. Jessica, do you have anything uh, upcoming? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug?
1: So right now I'm on a show that has, I think, a few more episodes coming out um, on Geek and Sundry called uh, Super Fun Awesome Party Game Time. Um, yes. Half half of the time, Geek and Sundry like doesn't even put me in the title, so I'm like, oh. I see how appreciated I am. So I, I am plugging show, it for that way. reason. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's it's very fun. So season one is uh, what? No, don't make. Something's like trying to change my computer. Unable to launch Java upstate install. Oh, thanks, Java. Sorry. Let me Let me start that <laughs> answer over.
0: Nobody um, uses Java anymore. Forget Java. <laughs>
1: So it's a really fun show. Season one is wrapped and you know, based on how many people love it and are constantly like, you need to bring the show back for season two. You know, you could see me come back for geek and sundry. Um, I was also on a tabletop episode that will premiere in the future sometime. And, um, I am an occasional guest for, uh, no survivors now. Like, Whenever nice. we have time to do a one-off episode that I can Skype in, I'm I'm definitely going to try to do that. And of course, I would love it if you guys followed me on the internet um, at Jessica Marzipan um, on Twitch. I Twitch stream every Wednesday night and Saturday afternoon, and um, I do Periscopes sometimes just when I feel like it.
0: And there's a certain overlord in her neck of the woods that wants to perhaps have her show up from time to time on our other uh, favorite Twitch channel, Hyper RPG.
1: hmm um, After I move into my house and get, like, all sorted, I'm definitely going to knock on their door to hang out.
0: That's awesome. Glad to hear it. Joey Couture, tell us all about your things. Um, we don't have enough
2: time to talk about all of my things. <laughs> uh, Some of my things have deep roots. But no, anyways.
0: Show us th- <laughs> the top 10 Google Feud things. things. Oh, good God. I don't
2: think I have enough for a top 10. I wish. <laughs> um, no. Top three. On Twitter, I am at JoeyCouture underscore, because apparently I, I came into that Twitter account too late. <laughs> um, <laughs> Joey JoeyCouture on YouTube, I actually I have taken it into a new direction. It's JoeyCoutureTV, um, because of the, all of the new stuff that I've learned, especially with After Effects. So... I'm kind of like doing little things that you'd see how FX does their advertising mm-hmm. kind Very of good. stuff. So like, I'm getting really into that and I've learned a lot. Um, and people can also find me. I'm, I'm on Twitch, but I don't get to stream right now. Unfortunately, um, mainly do because I don't have a hardline uh connection, which it sucks, but Hey, you know, you do what you can. Um, and other than that, I'm also, I mean, I'm, you can find me on Facebook, um, in the Team Human community as well. Uh that's really about it. But hey, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Jess, when you go knocking on Hyper RPG's door, take me with you, please. I'll I'll behave. I promise I will. I will I will behave. Well, if
1: <laughs> if you happen to be with me, you're more than welcome.
2: Like I promise. I will be well behaved. I am gotta like Kaiju, though. I will not eat a house and home. <laughs>
0: Joey's also being a little bit modest. He's the guy that does uh, Felicia's abridged versions of her Twitch streaming, and he's just created an incredible new entry for her uh, Tomb Raider uh, stuff. Cool. So look forward to to the rest of the abridged version of uh, of Tomb Raider coming out. All right, Tara our our number one best-selling author. Tell us all about your books and other things.
3: Oh, uh, no, there's not much to tell. Too um modest. Except Come it's on. really cool. <laughs> Uh, Broken Dolls was an award-winning finalist in the International Book Awards for 2016. So I get to put that fancy little sticker on my books because I love stickers. Um, so that's really cool, and the sequel is out June 13th, so on June 12th, I'll actually be having a Twitch stream. I'm going to have like a bit of a live reading, have questions, um, I'm going to have some links to old performances, because a lot of people cosplay as the Broken Dolls and sing and dance. So my Twitch channel is Tyr Thunder, T-Y-R Thunder. I've been really slack lately, but I will hopefully start streaming again. Um, otherwise, I'm on Twitter, Tiz Thunder, I know some inconsistencies and just Tyrolin Puxty on Facebook, and um, yeah. Otherwise, I'm pretty
1: boring. That's like super not boring at all. Seriously, I mean, I, I saw like the book cover for your book, and I was like, oh, so beautiful. I want so you're on my reading list.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, not only does she do the well, author thing, so she does the singing thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more to her than she's she's very very modest, and well, <laughs> we love Tyrolin. Um, my name is blair beverage you can find me at blair beverage on twitter hoopod is at hoopod i do a uh... google hangout show from time to time i haven't done it in a while called webisode watch so at webisode watch or uh... you can find many of the videos under my youtube channel blair beverage I'm blair beverage pretty much everywhere um, also i i <laughs> i've been using this phrase a lot but i am in an upcoming web series called basic adventuring 101 i play the goblin shaman you will probably not recognize me because I'm in so much makeup and prosthetics, but that will be coming out. Joey, when?
2: It is coming out very soon, <laughs> and he's telling the truth, guys. I saw the tweet that they're doing the final editing for episode two. So it's true. He's not So, alive. I mean,
0: honestly, you guys have seen what I've seen. The, the edits are almost done. We've been given kind of the date that for us to all come down and watch the whole thing together. But that is literally all else I know at this point. But see it very, very, very soon. I'm really excited about it. And I hope you guys can see it. All right. Well, that's another Who pod in the can. I want to thank our guest, Jessica I almost said Marzipan. Jessica Marzan. Uh, Everyone does. <laughs> for joining us here today, as well as my co host, Tiz Thunder herself, Darren Puxty, and Joey Couture. All right, guys, till next time. Take care.